It's Wednesday, September 2nd, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Old State Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Chet, the Flyers live to play another day after almost letting the season slip away. The Phillies have a retooled bullpen on the fly. They're playing good ball. Jay Wright is staying at Villanova, by the way. The Eagles are just a week from opening day. Go figure that. There's confusing fantasy football drafts going on all over the place. And we're going to roll out our Philly Press Box Hall of Fame broadcaster nominees tonight. We got a full hour of Philly sports. Yeah, we have plenty to discuss this week, Bill, about all four Philly pro teams. We will get some Sixers talk in for sure. Jay Wright's out of the running, but I'm throwing my hat in the ring. I'm ready. I can I can handle the challenge. I can coach Ben and Joel, no problem. And, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're also looking forward to talk uh, about some of the Philly great broadcasters that we've had over the years again, too. We're going to do that in the latter part of the program. We're going to put one of them in the Hall of Fame next week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We always have fun with these, and uh, we've got this set up where it's not going to get hacked this time. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on. But uh, we've only ever put two broadcasters in our Hall of Fame so far, and that's Harry Callis and Gene Hart are the two that are in. Uh, plenty of good choices coming out, and you're going to unveil them a little bit later. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Philly's had a lot of great broadcasters over the year. We're going to give you four or five tonight to choose from. One will go in next week. But, you know – we have a lot more to talk about in the first 40 minutes of the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. we got a great guest tonight in our good friend from Edge of, Edge of Philly Sports Network. Freddie Burns is going to join us. I'm sure Fred's got some real thoughts on the state of Philly sports. And uh, we'll be getting his fantasy football preseason kickoff rundown. Fred, of course, is a huge Sixers fan also. So we're going to talk about the premature exit to the Sixers uh, this year and the search for a new coach. Yeah, no Jay Wright. And yeah, it's fantasy football time for a lot of people, as you said, Bill, and Fred's going to give you all some tips on that front. Yeah, and I tell you, when you see Fred here shortly, because we're going to welcome him in, he's flyered up, and that shouldn't surprise anybody. We're all flyered up. Let's get to it, man. All right, Fred, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio again, my man. Let's go Flyers. There he is. There he is. Hey, Fred, good to see you. I like the uh, the outfit, the hat, the shirt. You got it all working. We could start anywhere, but, I mean, since you got all that gear on, let's talk about that one team that's in the playoffs right now, the Flyers. They're down 3-2 in the series, of course, to the Islanders. They gave us all a little bit of a uh, you know, heart attack last night. Pulled it out in overtime for the second time in the series, as they did in the, you know earlier in the series, game two. What is your excitement level about this team? And do you think they can actually, you know, complete the comeback and win the series? They definitely can complete the comeback. I'm pretty even keel about it though, because it just seems like it's, we get a couple spurts where there's a lot of energy and we're starting to do, like take over, but more, more than often the Islanders are just dominating defensively. The goaltending is, is outstanding, but I just feel like the Flyers, anytime they get a scoring chance, it's, it just, it's an easy save as well. So last night they got going out of nowhere. You got the 3-1 lead, and it's like, okay, maybe we finally found this. And then bang, bang, it's 3-3 with five minutes to go, with under five minutes to go, and, and we're in overtime. So 
I mean, certainly they have shown the ability to to score in two games, but the other games not so much. I think if you get Carter Hart gave up a soft goal too. That that one shot was pretty soft. If you can get uh, Carter Hart's going to have to steal one of these two. If they can win Game Six, anything happens in Game Seven. So I I think this got to be the the shutout Carter Hart night. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Carter Hart. You're right. He gave up a soft one, but he uh, he's held them in there, and uh, they've had some defensive lapses, and certainly way too many turnovers in the slot. Uh, that's put him in a in a real bad situation many times in this series. Yeah, the turnovers are just I, I can't even describe it. It's like it's almost like a little kid hockey, I guess you would say. Like, why would you make that pass? You know, and you, now we got the in, injury to Couturier. Is he going to play? I don't. I don't know. Do you guys know that? I don't know. Not yet. No. So, Lower so body who, injury. You never know. So who <laughs> who are we bringing up? Is it going to be Morgan Frost? Um, he's he's got talent, but he's smaller. The Islanders are bigger. I don't know. If that's a good matchup. I, I'm just. But you got options. You can move Lawton around. Um, you can move Giroux back to center. So uh, there's options, but um, uh, we'll see. <laughs> or we can get Michael Roffel healthy again. That would be nice too, because he please play well in postseason so far. Um, we got to talk about Claude Giroux. As you know, I've often given Bill a hard time about G, you know, not coming up big in the playoffs, one goal in 28 games, but he played real good the other night and he played very good on Tuesday night. Of course, got that uh, first goal for the Flyers. Beautiful tip in. I've never, ever questioned Giroux's effort, and it was great to see it pay off in some results the other night, guys. Well, I mean, I think, you know, everybody wants to throw the throw everything on Giroux when they lose. Uh, and I guess that's the part of the captain. They did it to Lindros. They did it to, to everybody else along the way. Um, you know, again, it goes down to effort. There's a lot more that goes into the game than what might end up on the stat sheet. You know, the, the one game he set up a goal – he would have been the third assist, but it was him digging in the corner that got the, got the game going or got the play going, which ended up being a goal, but there were two other guys that passed it as well. So, um, you know, I think Jeru's fine. Jeru's really the least of their problems. They certainly need him scoring goals as well as Voracek and Konechny and the others and, and Couturier, who's not, not in there now. Um, but they got bigger problems other than connecting like Robert Haig that leaves the back door of the goal open all yeah. night, every night. <laughs> Robert Haig. I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. When I, uh, when I was talking about the mistakes, but uh, Giroux, I, I have to agree with Bill. I, I think he's one of the most underappreciated athletes. He is the most underappreciated athlete in Philadelphia right now. And I know he's not scoring and he had a slump there as far as that goes, but he does the other things. And Philadelphia as a town has to understand he's not he's not a superstar. He's not Ovechkin. He's not Crosby, but he's still a very, very good player. He's the captain and he's he's an elite, he's notch below elite. So I think we need to back off on him sometimes, you know, and, and relax. There's other players on this team as well. And he certainly showed up last night. That deflection into the, to the bottom of the net off uh, Myers is slap shot. And then the uh, the third assist, or no? Yeah, was it the third assist? Yeah, the third assist in overtime. So I that guy, you, that guy scored. Watching players like Giroux and uh, even uh, Lawton on the the game winner, how how do you get yourself in such a position where you're able to tip a puck going you know eighty or eighty five miles an hour, <laughs> perfectly 
where you want it to go. I can't imagine doing that. That's pretty impressive. Well, well, I think I think that's the funny thing about it. You know, Giroux had so many scoring chances in this series and was the open and all that. Couldn't buy one. And then all of a sudden he gets a 90-mile-an-hour uh, stick and it bounces between the goaltender's legs. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's – what are you going to do? I mean, it, it's just one of those things. The game is that – that kind of game and these goaltenders that goaltender on sunday night stood on his head he was flyers great. flyers played fantastic and that backup goaltender was just outstanding truly was yeah hey uh speaking of goaltenders bill let me ask you this what did you think about uh coach elaine vigneault's decision on sunday to start brian elliott in game four well i was not thrilled with that decision um but brian elliott played well I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that game wasn't on Elliott by any means. Uh, I, I certainly believe Hart gives you the best chance of winning, and I would have rode that out. But, hey, uh, A.V. knows what's going on. And, uh, and, you know, the other thing, not to get off your goaltender question, because you might want to ask Fred the same, but uh, A.V.'s decisions on challenges, uh, which all look good on tape to me, <laughs> Uh, he's lost every single one of them, including yeah. that goal last night that was huge. Yeah, la- last night, that guy wasn't trying to get out of the, um, the whatever you call it, the blue semicircle the crease, there. Right? The yeah. crease, geez, lost, lost of memory there. So he's just sitting there, and even the announcer started to lean, like, towards the referee side, and I'm just like, what do you mean? He's, I know he got pushed in, but he's not making one effort at all to get out of there. So I agree. Avi's be coming up on the short end of the stick there. As far as his decision with the goaltending, I've questioned it as well. But how are we going to question a coach that turned this team around from what it looked like last year to what it is now? They hadn't lost back-to-back games in how long? You know, you you can't you January. Can't really, yeah, January. So you can't really question him at this point, in, in my opinion. All right. Well, let's hope for, uh, you know, a good rest of the series and hopefully we'll still be talking about hockey next week, Bill. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about it one way or another. We're either going to put it to yeah. bed or, uh, or get ready for the next round because those Tampa Bay lightning are really good and yeah. uh, they're going to be waiting for somebody and it's going to be a tough series if, if the Flyers can get there. Well, one game at a time, one period at a time, and uh, you know, hopefully there'll be a game seven in a few in a few days. Well, but one of my or... favorite coaches' sayings, Chet, live to play another day, and uh, that's yeah. certainly where the Flyers are right now. Hey, let's turn our attention and talk a little Phillies, because guys, about two and a half weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, the Phillies were five and nine and looking pretty bad thanks to that horrendous bullpen. The bullpen still definitely has lots of issues, but it's also improved over, you know, what it was a few weeks ago. And the team has gone 11 and six since that time. They've won seven of their last eight. They're tied for second in the NL East as we speak, three games out of first. So guys, is Joe Girardi's club a legitimate contender now in this shortened season? Well, I'm going to say yes. Um, I'm going to say yes in that, well, but we'll have to see. They're swinging the bats much better. Hoskins has arrived, and I want to get to that with you guys here in a minute. Um, this revamp bullpen, let's see what they can do. Matt Clintac, you know, he felt the heat. He made moves. Uh, got to give him got to give him a shout for that, whether they're the right ones or not. He wasn't going to sit there with what he had and get blasted every night because they couldn't get anybody out. So, um, But I think the bats can carry him. Aaron Nola is as good as there is. Wheeler is good. Arietta can't get through the second inning. That's a problem. 
So they still had the back end of that rotation, but every game matters now. And I think they're better, certainly better now than they were just a few weeks ago. Freddie, what's your uh, take? Yeah, I agree. And with the current playoff format, that, that gets them in too. So, you know, I, Girardi, I, I can't say enough about him. He kind of took that bullpen and the players that weren't producing and he sent them down. And he, I guarantee he had to have that conversation with Clintac. Clintac gets a little credit, but he, he held everyone accountable and continues to do that, which is the opposite of last year. And I, I agree that the bats are rolling. The ERA, I think, since they made the moves of the bullpens down around four, which is not great, but it's better. Um, and I think it's enough to, you know, obviously if the bats keep rolling to sneak in there. And then once you get in, that's even weird how that, that's your, that goes. So <laughs> could they go around once they get in? Who knows? Right. Hey, what, one thing, what I wanted to say to you about Reese Hoskins, I don't know if you guys heard this, uh, because anybody I've mentioned it, I purposely didn't mention it to you, Chet, because I want to hold it for tonight. Um, but anybody I've mentioned it to did not hear this. But um, the night they were playing the Braves on Sunday Night Baseball, uh, I was somewhere and I was in the car and I was listening to Kevin Franson doing that game. And Hoskins starting to swing the bat. And Kevin Franson said, A-Rod did it. A-Rod got with Hoskins and straightened that swing out. And all of a sudden, Hoskins is on fire. And I ne I've never heard a peep of it. And actually, I really wasn't paying great enough attention to really get the lead into that story, uh, to, to know the details. But apparently, uh, A-Rod had a lot to do with getting Hoskins straightened out, at least according to Kevin Francis. Huh. Yeah, I did not hear that, but he has been on fire lately. And over the last three weeks, in fact, he's sitting over 300. He's got five homers in his last eight or nine games. And uh, he's starting to hit to the opposite field, which is nice. He had that double, uh, I guess it was last night's game. And strangely, he's not in the, the lineup tonight. And I guess that's mainly because he's 0 for 17 against Max Scherzer. Uh, so, you know, give him a night off, but what the heck? Yeah, he was hot, but they took him out of the lineup for this game against Scherzer. Oh, well. Come on, Joe. Yeah. And don't for, <laughs> don't forget that stupid haircut. He got rid of that as well. So that, that was a game changer also. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, you, you know, again, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Chet, uh, when he pinched hit for Goslin, who was his hottest hitter, it was his only hitter at the time. He pinched hits for him and now he's finally got Hoskins on fire. He said some interesting moves by Joe right there. How about that Alec Baum? He's, he's done what I thought he was going to do. He's come up and hit. And he doesn't feel very well. Yeah, I like him. I like him. He's still got, you know, to work on the defense, obviously, but he's certainly not, afa not afraid uh, when he's batting. He's got a couple of homers now and uh, several doubles, a couple of key hits. So uh, I like him. Uh, he he's going to be, I think, the guy at third base for a good while, unless, you know, they somehow get rid of Reese Hoskins and move him to first. If his fielding, I know he's young, so they got to give him time. I couldn't, I didn't realize how tall he was. A couple yeah. of lineouts he, he did grab that probably would have been singles possibly um but don't do you see if this continues a possible move to the dh if that continues on in the future i, I don't interesting i i don't i what i see i i like in this situation to wade boggs when wade boggs came up he could hit 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 he couldn't feel uh wade boggs worked and worked to no end to win gold gloves and he did won a couple gold gloves and it, i mean Bomb might be that kind of player, like Boggs, who's just going to get after it and get better, takes a thousand ground balls a day or whatever it takes. And the next thing, he's a solid everyday third baseman for a long time. 
Well, it's great because, you know, Bohm is hitting and Hoskins has really been on fire the last few weeks. Uh, McCutcheon's getting hot, which is nice to see. And it's perfect timing because both Harper and JT have cooled off a bit over the last couple of weeks. And that's what you want. You want a balanced lineup like that. So uh, the run scoring has not been a problem much of this year at all. It's it's the pitching. Uh, you got the two or three real good starters. Uh, Arietta has been not so great. Spencer Howard's coming along. Uh, would still like to see him throw the fastball a little more. He, he was uh, cooled off a bit the other night. He, was, he started at 94, 95. Then he was thrown 92 after a few innings. So I hope he's okay with that. Uh, but yeah, Arietta, I have no faith in him anymore. He's had what one or two good games this year. That's about it. Yeah. Well, what do you think about um, that Aaron Nola? Uh, another gem last night. He's, he's stepping up like he's one of the top handful of pitchers in the national league, maybe in all of baseball. Uh, He's been really impressive. Yeah, how about that last night? And and Girardi letting him roll through the eighth. I posted about it. He was at like a 98 pitches, and it got to 100, past 100. He walks a batter. So I'm like, ah, oh, he's going to pull him here. No, he lets him fight out of the inning and grow as a pitcher. And, you know, you think about the opener last year when he gets pulled after like 67 pitches. I'm just so happy for Noah. I thought he was a two and he's starting to prove more into a one. Uh, I mean, you can't argue one right now. He, he's lights out right now, right now. Yeah. So. Nola and Wheeler have both been really good this year. Zach Eflin looked good. His last start. He's another one of those guys who's up and down, but I think he does have at least, you know, good stuff and is going to give you some good starts and the future is bright for Spencer Howard. So the starting pitching is looking pretty good. I, I still worry about the bullpen, but as we said, it's a whole lot better than it was two weeks ago. All right. Hey, Chet and, and Fred, before we get to Sixers and the Eagles, let's take a quick break. Let's give a shout out to our good friends over at Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. All right. Uh, you know, one of the best benefits, Bill, of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicating to protecting what is most important to you and your family. So give Dave a call today. He's at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. Again, that number is 610-430-0700. There you go. All right, boy, Fred, let's get over. Let's talk about uh, the Sixers, a, uh, a crash at the end of the season, followed by a crash of Brett Brown running out of town. Uh, I don't know that that was really much of a surprise. I don't know if losing to Boston was that much of a surprise. Probably being swept without Ben Simmons may have been a little bit of a surprise. I agree on the sweep. They definitely could have lost. Uh, they, and uh, most people, a lot of people picked them to lose, but the sweep, that, that was bad. And, you know, Joel Embiid is the was the only player on the court. I know he's got the some issues and people, but he still put up thirty a night. You know, you you had no supporting cast whatsoever. And I've been yelling about the coach on this show for I don't since the process years. I was mad when Covington would shoot threes with twenty seconds on the shot clock when they were tanking. So I think this is long overdue. Uh, moving on from Brett Brown last year. You know, you kind of wanted – I don't know if you wanted to. You knew they were giving him the benefit of the doubt, so you kind of bought into it – or not allowed it, I guess. But I really just want to see this team with some shooting. I, I really think they gave up 
on that Bellinelli, Ursan Eliasova, J.J. Reddick squad way too early. They lost that series because of Brett Brown being outcoached by Brad Stevens, and then they blew the whole thing up. And then they moved on from Brand and tried to go star hunting, which was the worst thing they could have done. Then they got the star, <laughs> and then they didn't like him because he told the coach what was up. And um, so I'm very frustrated with with the Sixers and, and everything. I'm glad Brett Brown's gone. I kind of think Brand should have been gone too. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this offseason here. They need shooting, and they've needed it for a while now. <laughs> Well, Fred, I admit I was probably wrong about the decision to let Jimmy Butler walk last spring. I thought it was, you know, the right decision and that uh, Tobias Harris was going to be pretty good. He's had his moments, certainly. But as for Jimmy Butler, I got the impression he didn't really want to be here. And then, of course, we see what he's doing this spring or this August here. 40 points for the Heat the other night in beating the Bucks. Uh, you'd like to have Jimmy Butler here, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was yelling and screaming and crying about it when they got rid of him. And, you know, I was against the Al Horford move. I didn't buy into it. I didn't understand it. Then eventually, you know, the fandom in me kind of bought into the bully ball idea. And then as you watch as the season went on, you're like, this this doesn't work. Like, yeah. this isn't going to go. They'd have those games here and there um, at home that they would, they would play well. So... Yeah, I, I, you saw Jimmy Butler last night. He's a dog, man. He, he's going to step up. He's 40 points. Yeah. And game six last year, when we needed to win in Philly, he was the guy. And even even he had a steal in the uh, game seven that, you know, got, got it, or gave us the lead or tied it. You know, he, he was so good. And um, I, I don't understand. You, you, give, you, you do the process, and the, it worked to the point it was supposed to work. And then you got all these assets and picks. You acquire the stars, and then you you get rid of them. I just I don't even under I don't understand it at all. Well, well, Fred, I have to ask you as a, as a season ticket holder through a good part of the process. I don't know that you're still a full season ticket holder, but are are you um, are you still on board? I mean, are you are you ready to start over? It is kind of almost a start over. I think. Uh, are you, are you on board as a fan or have you just kind of go throw your hands up, wait and see? I'm not like, I, I just think it Bede and Simmons are way too good to just throw your hands up and, and wait and see. Like Simmons, as much as people are, are aggravated that last game, he got injured. He was like two for 12 or something, but he was being aggressive, shooting jumpers, driving to the lane, being an aggressive player. That's what we need out of Ben Simmons. And I think he'll grow on that. Um, Joel Embiid has so much work to do in the post. He has the ability to do it, but you could tell he's unsure of the moves. He doesn't know what he's doing. When he turns into a double team, that, that's got to be worked out. And I think surrounding them with shooting um, can really change that. So you got some bad contracts with Harris and Horford. I think you can get out of them by giving up some of your first-round picks. So I'm not out on the whole thing, but I do question how the – management doesn't or even the old coach didn't see what we see like it's just it's common sense it took him to the bubble to move ben now i think ben should have the ball in his hands and but and he still would at the four but the fact that it took him to the bubble to even try that is crazy like trey burke's another one you know I mean, we were screaming about that all year well philip you bring Neto in that one game that game they blew the lead they were up by 10 
Neto or up by, I think, 16. Neto comes in and he takes them out like eight minutes later. They're down four. Just personnel and, and coaching moves were bad. I, but to answer your question, no, I haven't given up because, because they're too talented to. You, you could still build around them. Yeah, uh, I never understood the whole Neto fascination or, or Furcon either, for that matter. But, Fred, you talked about coaching. We need your take on that. Next coach, Tyron Liu, Jason Kidd, Ime Odoka, Nate McMillan, Mark Jackson all in the running, Jay Wright's out of the picture. Do you have any personal favorites? I think I like the idea of Jason Kidd. He had some head coaching experience. He's over with the Lakers. He's dealing with stars. I don't like the Tyrone Liu option. Um, I think LeBron coached that team, and there's a reason he was removed when LeBron left. Not that Lou would be bad, but I don't think – I don't want him coming here and handling these stars. I need someone that's going to be make these guys accountable. Udoka is around the league very highly sought after, and we have lost other assistant coaches here that are successful elsewhere. Um, I'm interested in him. I'm intrigued, and I see what the Raptors did the year before. They moved on from – uh, his name's Casey and they brought in Nick nurse who was on yeah. that bench and, and look at, at that. So that intrigues me as well. Um, one name I absolutely do not want here. That's being rumored is Mike D'Antoni. Um, I think it's, a, he's like a Brett Brown. He's not going to win the big game. And, and he just runs, runs weird offenses that look cool and score points sometimes, but he's not going to get a championship. All right. Well, hey, let's move on. Let's talk Eagles. We're going all the way around the horn here. We'll talk to Eagles for a few minutes. Then we got to get to your fantasy football before we run out of time. Um, Eagles have injuries already. Season's a week away. Who who could think that? We're not even hearing much about it other than injuries coming out of the NovaCare Center. But I have to ask you about Jason Peters and uh, hmm. that whole situation. I think uh, Peters might be holding uh, the gun to somebody's head over there. <laughs> I know that, that's what he is doing. And he's always been, I'm going to get my money. If you're going to, if I'm going to play where I'm going to play um, the injuries though, imagine that no preseason games. And we got all these injuries. It's, it's, it's crazy. I'm very concerned about that offense line. I, I was concerned before Peters got injured because by all accounts, Dillard was getting burned off the ball, blown off the ball by Josh sweat. Even I don't know. I'm scared for Carson. I'm, I'm really scared about that offensive line because like all it takes is one off the edge rush and bam. And now we got Sudfeld in, even though everyone wants it to be Hurts, but uh, Doug's been clear. It's Sudfeld, at least for now. And then maybe it does become Hurts. And let's say Hurts plays well. Now we got a quarterback controversy again, and now we got all this nonsense. So I really th hope they figure out how to shore up the line because even Peters at tackle, he's been getting hurt too. You know, right. like, you're like what, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, the Peters thing really bothers me. I mean, how many games has he missed over the last several years? Uh, not usually complete games, but parts of games. I think he missed three last year, more, of course, in the Super Bowl year when he only played, what, seven or eight games. Um, and now, I mean, I don't know if it's his fault or his agent's fault, but you knew when they signed into this one-year deal this year to play right guard, that there was also a possibility that with injuries on the line, he might have to move back to left tackle at some point. So this is just a mess on their part. And whether he's going to play right guard or left tackle, like Fred said, I'm worried about this line. Cause if you're going to have Matt Pryor playing tackle, that's a concern. And if you're going to have, you know, Peters over there and possibly not staying healthy, that's a concern because Dillard is almost certainly gone for the year. Brandon Brooks is gone for the year or 
Brandon Brooks is talking about coming back later in the season. I doubt it. Dillard is definitely gone for the year. So yeah, I'm worried about this uh, offensive line. I really hope they can get somebody in a, a trade or, uh, you know, on a waiver deal or something between now and the opener. Well, let me ask you both this um, back to Peters. He signs, signs a deal for $3 million with $3 million in, of incentives. So he's got a chance to make $6 million as the right guard. He's made over a hundred million dollars. I believe it's $102 million paid by the Eagles yep. in his $112 million career. And then he says, I'm not moving unless you pay me. Um, what do you think? It, 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 should there be a discount of any kind or is a business is business? And uh, does it hurt the Jason Peters legacy? Take well, it, Fred. Clearly, this, this Super Bowl that he talks about wanting to win isn't the most important thing on the mind. Um, I He kind of – they've asked him to take uh, cap deals before, and he's been like, "Now nah, I'm not doing it. So he's he's always been like this with the money. I, I don't think it ruins the legacy because I, this is kind of how he is. Maybe it was swept under the rug, and it's more glaring now. But, I, I mean, come on. You're making – you made – like you said, Bill, how much money have you made, like – just move over to tackle. Let's go try to win a Super Bowl. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not happy about it at all. And I, I blame JP for being, you know, money hungry guy right here about this. But uh, there's other injuries too. But beyond all that, the wide receivers from what we're hearing are all looking pretty good. Rager's going to miss a few weeks, which is unfortunate because he was supposedly looking really good while he was out there. But JJ Arthega Whiteside supposedly is looking better this summer. I know it's just, you know, these practices and all that uh the rookie john hightower supposedly looking very good greg ward of course is coming back and deshaun jackson again if healthy he's going to be a threat so i'm excited about this wide receiver crew yeah and isn't alshon jeffries also hurt and he's going to miss a handful of weeks right i don't know what's going on with jeffrey i'm not sure that we're ever going to see him again to be honest we're gonna pay him oh yeah i have to pay him (laughs) well well there's rumors that he may come back in september and the Eagles are going to be very cautious because if he comes back early, it could end his career. Um, as far as the other receivers go, I can't buy too much into it. I, I always remember the old Nay Brown stuff, how great he's doing in camp. <laughs> yeah. And even last year, you know, how good our receivers were in camp. And once DJX went down, the speed was gone. The only thing I will say that regardless of their reports and how they're doing – they do have speed, and that is something we didn't have last year, and I think Carson can get them the ball. He gets the ball in the windows. If he has a little bit of space to throw now, I think we'll be fine because um, now this, there's a lot more room on the field for Goddard, uh, Goddard and Ertz to work as well. Yeah. Well, hey, Fred, uh, we don't want to squeeze you for too much time, so let's get to fantasy football. Uh, it's got to be tough picking – picking your teams you don't even you haven't seen anybody you don't know anything you really don't know who's injured and who's not uh are you still in a handful of leagues and running a handful of leagues and if so how are you making heads or tails out of all this you you gotta follow the beat writers on twitter that are tweeting about <laughs> training camp that's all you can do or you, or you see a report here and there i mean you had your your rookies that you knew were going to be one or two or possibly so the sleepers are still there it's not as hard. You know, the ESPN, they all print their lists, same as they do every year. You kind of use those and then go from there. So I don't think it's been a struggle. I think we will find a lot more waiver wire picks that, you know, that preseason standout that's like you jumped and grabbed in case you might be able to grab him in week three or four now this year. 
I want to ask you about Miles Sanders. I'm going to guess he's going to be a pretty popular pick for a lot of people because he is the guy now, supposedly, you know, for the Eagles. It's not going to be the running back by committee that we usually see. It's going to be a lot of Miles Sanders. Is he going to have, uh, you know, a 1,200-yard year, do you think? I don't know with the Eagles because they do like to split up the backs, but he's definitely a top 10 pick. Um, every, every draft I've been in, he's going top 10. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, obviously. He is the feature guy. I still think Boston Scott's going to get time. Mm -hmm. um, Elijah Holyfield, um, and then if Corey Clement's healthy. So you'll see some of those. But he's definitely a first-round pick. He's going to have a lot more carries. So I, I like him a lot this year. But how, how do the trades or, or players change in teams? How, how does Tom Brady go into Tampa and Phillip Rivers going to Indianapolis and some of those other uh, things that have happened, Gronk in Tampa – how, how does that adjust your board? Uh, same expectations of a Tom Brady in Tampa as you had in New England? Or has he come down to Tampa with all them weapons and start airing it out? I think the, the latter. So Brady and Rivers, because Rivers had a bad year last year, and I like him in Frank Wright's offense. Uh, he's got T.Y. Hilton. They just drafted Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's got some tight ends. So I And for your point with Brady, he's definitely going to air it out with those weapons. So I think that – brings it makes you think about taking a quarterback earlier than you would have where you would have sat and been like ah if Brady falls great where now you're like ah maybe I should take him in this round because I don't want to let him fall speaking of tight ends uh Zach Ertz primed to have another big year of course Dallas Goddard's continuing to get more playing time I'm guessing Ertz is a popular pick too yes he's top three top four tight end um the Eagles throw the ball a lot I can't see he'll still get his uh, bar, barring any injury. So I think Ertz, yeah, definitely. But, and, you know, along the same line, uh, not to jump off the fantasy football, but in that same conversation I heard about Jason Peters is Zach Ertz is wanting to get paid. Uh, tight ends in the league are starting to get paid and Ertz wants to be one of them. Uh, so that'd be interesting to see if he looks at this as a contract year and uh, an opportunity to get paid or if the Eagles step up and pay Merlin. The talks are supposedly back on, but yeah, I, I don't get him either though. He's making 13 mil. The max Kittle's making 15. I don't know. I mean, I understand you want to make your money and I get it, but I, what's, I don't understand the, I have to be paid higher than the next guy. Like I don't care how much the next insurance agent makes over me. I just care that I make enough to feed my family and I'm good. And I'm, let's go build the company, you know? So I, I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, so Fred, uh, with the fantasy leagues and the regular season starting next week, it's a week from Thursday when the Chiefs kick it off. Uh, what advice do you have for fantasy players at this point? Yeah, just follow your board, draft, draft the same way you would have. There, you can't really make too many adjustments. You know, find your sleepers that you Google a list and then identify those teams and and see who you like. You might you might like Jonathan Taylor, the running back for the Colts. You know, you might like one of those wide receivers, Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. Um, they're all over and not that they're hit or miss, but you kind of identify the players that are probably going to be a one or two and then draft them. If you like a player, but they're four players down on the, the draft uh, or the death chart, I probably would hold off, you know, maybe they play eventually, but it's not worth taking the risk, especially in your draft. Fred, are you putting stuff out again this year on Fred and butter and on edge of Philly or how are you doing it this year? I'm going to do an article on edge of Philly with, you know, players that I like and, and not like a 200 list this year 
And but I have one more draft I have to get done on my own before I put that list out. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm going to be back doing the weekly, you know, who I like to start, who I like to sit on, on edge of Philly as well. So, uh, Fred, are both you said you have one more draft to do. Are most of the drafts done or, or we used to always do it where it was uh, this Saturday. It was the last Saturday before the regular season that we would do our draft. Are most of the drafts done? I know uh, Chris did a draft. Heck, I think he did it two or three weeks ago. Well, I think I think the way that was back then, you were probably only in one draft. So everyone just stayed in one. Now with everyone, everyone's in so many, and each one is kind of like a party. Not really this year with the whole COVID thing. Not everyone anyway. More like a Zoom party. But people have to work their schedules around, like partying for that four hours as well. Um, so I think working people's schedules is, is the, especially at my age, we all, our kids are, are younger. Um, you got to work that. So um, my last draft though, yeah, that's Friday. And normally you would say you want to wait as close to the actual start of the season as you can to avoid injury. Like imagine if you did this two weeks ago and you had Jalen Rieger, now he's out three to four weeks. You might've took him in the fifth round. Ah, <laughs> so it looks like your son who's producing had him. Um, so yeah. Interesting. Any, any, uh, in your boards and your research, is there the steal of the league? Who's the, who's the guy, who's the mystery man. that's going to surprise everybody. I like, and he, I, he's, he's on some lists on others. I like Antonio Gibson running back for the Washington Redskins. Um, you got Rivera coming there running that offense where he threw the ball to McCaffrey. Um, as well as ran, ran, ran him through the tackles. You got Adrian Peterson there. He may not go through the tackles, especially in PPR leagues. I really like him to have an outstanding year. So he's a good sleeper to grab. Hey, Fred, I got to correct you. It is the Washington football team. I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> himself, it's, it's funny. Uh, I, <laughs> I did a video and I caught myself and I was like, I almost did it. I'll be posting it tomorrow. But that's funny. I just did it there. You're not yeah. the only one, I'm sure. Chad, I'm sure if you ask John Riggins, he's going to tell you it's the Washington Redskins. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Hey, Fred, before we let you go, let the viewers know where they can follow you on social media, all the stuff you got going on and, uh, and about Edge of Philly Sports as well. Oh, you can catch me on Edge of Philly Sports tonight, <laughs> 9.30 p.m. Um, you can also see my articles on edgeofphilly.com. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Fred Hugo underscore um instagram it's fred at fred hugo underscore and then on facebook it's freddie burns and i'll be adjusting those two as soon as twitter and instagram lets me hugo's my middle name just for the record doing a little change (laughs) all right there you go chad anything else for fred on the way out no man we look forward to talking to you throughout the season and uh, hopefully see you on the road somewhere with edge of philly sports definitely this show's the best love you guys i'll I'll see you guys soon all right fred thanks great stuff appreciate you taking the time Hey, Chad, tell us what's going on over at the Irish Rover Station House. Well, Bill, they are hanging in there. You know, as we get through this pandemic, they're anxiously awaiting Governor Wolf giving the okay for increased indoor seating limits. I think uh, they're still at 25% there. Is it 50%? I don't know. But they do have some indoor seating, still outdoor patio seating throughout these uh, nice summer and early fall months. You need to order food if you want to drink there at the Irish Rover, but it can be something as simple as a dollar hot dog, which is a great deal. Of course, you can always order food to pick up, take out with you. 
uh, even certain cocktails to go as well. They're open every day now, but the Rover will be closed this Sunday and Monday for the Labor Day weekend. But uh, yeah, we love the folks at the Irish Rover Station House. They are on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne, and they're on Facebook and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. And I got to tell you, Bill, I am excited to be able to play this clip once again. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! Merrill. And it's happy birthday, Merrill Reese. Yeah, the birthday boy, Merrill Reese. So uh, happy birthday, Merrill. Hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, and hey, Chet, back on the rover for just a second. Don't they have a party coming up? Uh, what do they call it? A mid-year St. Patty's Day or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. I know they were going to have their annual Father's Day car show, antique car show. Uh, they couldn't do it in June, of course. They were going to have it in September, but now because of the capacity limits, they're not going to be able to do that. So I didn't see anything about the uh, mid-St. Patty's Day thing. Maybe you may be right. Yeah, I think I, I saw that last night, and I figured uh, I didn't mention it to you, but uh, yeah, we'll it. have to look. We'll look into that. But I believe they have a mid mid year to St. Patty's Day or whatever it is. I'm going to be on the road Saturday. I'm going to try to stop in uh, on uh, my way back Saturday night because I haven't been there uh, in over a month. So I got to see those guys. Good deal. Well, hey, Chad, as we said, as part of our Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame, uh, we've added two broadcasters along the way: Harry Callis and Gene Hart, legends certainly. It's time to add our third member this year. Yes, it is. And uh, we didn't add anyone last year, maybe even the year before that. I don't know, in terms of broadcasters, that is. So it is time we get back on track with that, especially with the Philly sports scene, having had so many terrific sportscasters over the years. Yeah, so we, we set this up the same as the players, uh, except whoever hacked us isn't going to get to hack us again this time. So we've got that fixed. Uh, we'll be voting for one week, and then we'll make our announcement next Wednesday. You're going to vote for one person, Jet, one person wow. out of the group that you're going to roll out here in a minute. Um, and then you and I, we're going to have to agree to that. So it'll be, we'll get one vote. Oh, you'll get two, I'll get two, and the fans will get one, and we'll come up with our one guy. I'll say. All right, we will sort it out. But uh, here's All right, the so who yeah. are our nominees? Lay it on us. Okay, we have three holdover nominees. We have the guy that we just heard his uh, terrific voice a moment ago, the great Merrill Reese. We also have another holdover in uh, this guy. That is the legendary Bill Campbell. Of course, uh, you know, he was around for so many years. He left us about six years ago, but he called Phillies games. He called Sixers games. I'm sure he called uh, Eagles games too, right, at some point. Yep. So the legendary Bill Campbell. And uh, we also have another holdover who's been on our show a couple of times. That would be Dan Baker, the longtime PA man for the Phillies. Get well, Dan. He's still battling those uh, vocal issues. So get well, Dan. But Dan Baker back as a nominee. And then we have two new nominees this year, Bill. Speaking of great, excuse me, speaking of great PA, PA men, Lou Nolan, who's been on with us three or four times. Been with the Flyers since uh, the early days. He was with the organization since the late 60s when they started, and he's been the PA man for, what, 48, 49 years at this point. So Lou Nolan is on the list. And new to the list is a guy who just finished up his 25th season as the TV voice of the 76ers, Mark Zumoff. So there you go. We got four candidates for you at this point, and uh, there you go. 
And they're all great. And they all, I guess, uh, Zoom's been what the least in 25 years. Yeah. Uh, that's a long time. We, we're very fortunate to have five candidates like that, that we've been able to, you know, listen to watch our entire adult life, basically. Yeah. So there you go. Five candidates again, Merrill Reese, Bill Campbell, and Dan Baker are your holdovers and two new names this year, Lou Nolan and Mark Zumoff. Right. So what we'll do, Chad, is we'll put out a, um, a ballot. Okay, put it together. We'll, we'll put it on Facebook. It'll take you over to our website, phillypressboxradio.com. You'll be able to click on the article, um, the heading. It'll have our big logo on it. And then you'll be able to go in and pick one of the five guys. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully, we have a lot of interest in it. Uh, we got seven days from today to make it happen. Yes. So uh, good luck, everybody. And we'll name a new broadcaster to our Hall of Fame next week, joining Harry Callis and Gene Hart. All right. Well, hey, Chet, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line razzes, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook page. Like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room and PPCC 118 Raz Room Shop on Facebook. And hey, Chet, uh, since we're talking about the Raz Room, I looked over there today and there's an uh, item available that you might like. Ooh. A signed 11 by 14 framed Phillies framed Dick Allen. Dick Allen photo with a little rookie of the year inscription as well. I will have to check that out. I thought you were going to say a Kate Beckinsale signed photo or something. Well, no, no, (laughs) no, I'm working on that. All right. Dick Allen's pretty good too. That's (laughs) just for here. That's not for the Razzle. I got you. Dick Allen, uh, Let's talk about that while we have one second. No. Dick Allen is not going to get an opportunity to go to the Hall of Fame in 2020 as we've waited for years for that vote, and he is getting stoned again. He is, and uh, once again, yes, stole my thunder because that's part of my parting shot, Dick Allen. <laughs> again, well, we don't rehearse together, folks. Uh, so. That's right. That's right. We're we're real, so we'll just let it ride on by, and we'll get to the next <laughs> thing. <laughs> Great guest tonight uh, in Freddie is always he's always good, always informed, and passionate at what he's doing. So, who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, we're very likely going to have two guests. We just talked about one of them. He is getting ready for his 44th season behind the radio mic for the Eagles, and he happens to be celebrating a birthday today, as we mentioned. Uh, I get to say his name again. Merrill Reese will likely have a second guest as well, probably a baseball guy working on that as well. And I think we're going to have Fred stopping by too, are we not, Bill, to give a little fantasy football for week one? I believe we are. All right, so it's going to be a busy one next Wednesday. And in addition to all that, Bill, the three of us, you, me, and Fred, will make our predictions for the Eagles season and some key week one NFL games. So it will be a full fun show for sure. Absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting, uh, you know, because we don't know who's going to win our announcer of the Hall hall of Fame, but uh, he might be a guest. Yeah. (laughs) 
exactly. So <laughs> Merrill reached the candidate. So keep that in mind when you're casting your vote. Uh, Bill, we're going to jump around here, talk about a few other things. One thing is John Thompson. We lost uh, the coach the other day, well-respected by pretty much everyone who knew him and played under him, including Allen Iverson. So uh, I didn't realize he was even as old as he was he mid seventies, late seventies. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So John Thompson. 73, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was even uh, older, but yes, only 73. I, I think. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I typed it, but I don't remember. Yeah. Alan Iverson, of course, uh, you know, played under him and uh, always respected him, brought John Thompson along with Julius Irving and coach Larry Brown to the hall of fame when AI went into the hall in Springfield. And, you know, he was very appreciative of what he learned from John Thompson and said, in fact, that he saved his life. So uh, yeah. rest in peace, well, John Thompson. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of people don't realize John Thompson was a Boston Celtic. It was a Bill Russell's backup for a handful of years. He, he had a handful of championships as a Celtic. Really? See, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Did yeah. not know that. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I tell you, back in the day when he was coaching, when them Villanova Big East rivalries were really going on, man. What what a what a, a picture with him and Patrick Ewing, both about seven foot, you know, towers of power standing there together. Uh, you know, Thompson coaching up the big man, another Hall of Famer. They, they were great teams. And Thompson did a great job there. Yeah. Yep. Oh, happy birthday to Brian Westbrook today, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said we were going to bounce around. You got anything else you want to throw up? Well, this is totally un not related to sports, but it was 25 years ago this week, Bill, that the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland officially opened to the public. They had a dedication, I think, on September 1st of 95, and then they had a big concert with a whole bunch of people there on September 2nd. So uh, I will say Cleveland rocks. Oh, <laughs> uh, you just happen to have that. Have you been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, by the way? I have not. I have not. But I will, I will get there. Uh, I, I want to check it out. For sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I've been there twice, and it's definitely worth the trip if you're, you know, if you're a music fan. Of course, uh, pretty much all types of music are represented, mostly rock and roll. But there's, you know, some country stuff there too, uh, Elvis. So a little bit of everything, and they change it up all the time. So definitely check out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame celebrating its 25th anniversary. All right. Hey, I wanted, I did want to toss out to you about what do you think about the Big Ten maybe actually doing a little bit of backpedaling. And thinking about possibly starting their college football season in October, uh, I wonder how this is going to happen, if it really is. It sounds like discussions are underway. I don't know. I keep hearing different things. You know, I'm hearing a report that they're going to look to start in late October. Then I'm hearing, no, 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 they're still talking about uh, a winter thing. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to pull it off with scheduling and getting permission from all the different, you know, states that have restrictions and whatnot. I mean, it would be great if they could, but I, I, don't, I have my doubts. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty to go with this. Well, I mean, the uncertainty is somebody needs to say, go, you know. What is happening? I'm not sure who somebody is. The other conferences, are some of them still planning to play? Sure. So Southeast like, Conference is playing. ACC is, is playing. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all in. They're one of my guys, you know, that I coached that's at the University of Virginia, he's been in camp since August 1st, just like 
playing, uh, they're going full tilt. And Notre Dame is playing some sort of a schedule also, right? They're going to play into the ACC, begging their way in for a year. Then they'll beg their way back out next year. But you know how that goes. It's going to be an interesting fall. That'll be for sure. Absolutely. So, hey, uh, Chet, Philly Press Box Radio website. We mentioned that a little bit ago where you'll be sent with your ballot to to pick your, uh, your announcer for the Hall of Fame. It's up and running good. We uh, watch our podcast is on there, our Vimeos, articles, so forth. Uh, YouTube channel's working well. What do you got? Yeah, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. Uh, as you said, we have video versions of our shows up there. We broke some of them down into segments. We got a lot of great reaction to Mitch Williams' visit last week, of course, and everything he had to say about Kurt Schilling and Lenny Dykstra in particular. Boy, that was a fun show, and we broke that segment down and put it out there on YouTube, and that's been pretty popular. So be sure to check that out and everything else that we have on there. It's our Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel. It's simple to find. Just go to YouTube, type in Philly Press Box. It'll take you right there. Please be sure to subscribe. We need more subscribers. And if you want to buy one of the uh, fabulous T-shirts that we have for sale, like Bill Furman is wearing tonight, a nice black one with a red logo, check our website on uh, that. You'll get all the details, get your order in. And be sure to follow both Philly Press Box Radio and me on both our Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you'll be glad you did. Hey, Chet, uh, I wanted to tell you, speaking of that, um, a guy sent me a message just before the show that first reached out to me about Philly Press Box Radio in 2014, believe it or not. And he, and I haven't, he messaged me sometime in 2016. He messaged me tonight and said that piece on Mitch Williams was gold. <laughs> so apparently he's been listening, been, you know, watching what we're doing and thought enough of that piece to say, man, that thing was awesome. I agree. It was <laughs> pretty, it was a lot of fun, man. Mitch was great. Mitch says what's on his mind. It was. It was. All right. How about a parting shot for you tonight? All Kick right. Out. How'd you guess? Yeah. The Phillies and Nationals, Bill, have a Thursday afternoon game on the schedule. And before the game with the pandemic crew and several other old-time Phillies fans, watching and listening from just outside the ballpark, damn you 2020. The Phils will officially retire number 15 in honor of the great slugger, Dick Allen. That is this guy right here. We talked quite a bit about the former Philly, the uh, former 1964 rookie of the year, a frequent all-star, the 1972 AL MVP with the White Sox, his return to the Phils in the mid seventies, And, oh, yeah, his 40 or sometimes 42-ounce bat that he used and his mammoth home runs, especially those back at Connie Mack Stadium. Also, the fact that he was my favorite Philly when I first started watching baseball when I was a young kid. He's not yet in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and now he'll apparently have to wait another full year for that to happen, which is a whole nother issue. But he is at least getting this much-deserved honor from the Phil's organization. So, Congratulations, Dick Allen. You're getting your number 15 retired. So, yeah, Bill, about that. Can you believe that they're postponing this vote another year, perhaps? That's ridiculous. Well, let, let me ask you this. I mean, I know you don't know the answer, but what, what could be any kind of reason not to be able to do this vote via Zoom? Or, they, or you know, so yeah. you can do it 10 different ways now. 
uh, other than you don't get to go in the room in private and everybody state their case because maybe I, I guess you could still make it private. I, you know, I don't know, yeah, but you could it, why do put it, it off? According and, and to Frog. for guys. Well, especially these guys, Dick Allen is, I believe, 78 years old. Some yeah, Jim Cotton. Cotton. They're, you know, they're older guys. Hey, next year ain't a, ain't a guarantee for any of us. You know, it's a ridiculous uh, decision. And yeah, according to Frog, it's just a rule that they have to do it in a room, you know, a, a public outing together. So they can't do it via Zoom. But hey, this is 2020. How many things have changed this year because of the pandemic? And it's ridiculous on that committee's part that they can't make an adjustment also, especially as you said, with these guys being in their late 70s, or in some cases, early 80s get together via zoom i don't care if it takes four hours let the people state their case do the vote and get whoever is going into the hall of fame into the hall and hopefully dick yeah. allen that would be the guy. A absolutely i mean they they it could take four days it doesn't matter just get it done yeah you know and uh you know it, it, it's such a cool opportunity cool thing for these guys if they do get in uh they they need to be able to for that to happen. There's just no reason. Yeah. In 1918, this wasn't an issue, Jet. They, they, <laughs> you know, when they made the rule, something like this wasn't happening. Yeah. So get it done, guys. Make a change. Get it done. And uh, Bill, we got to talk football next week because it's going to be season one of the NFL. So start thinking about that. Yeah. You know, Chad, I tell you, it's, it's just crazy to me because it just, there's no buzz. Uh, you know, there's no buzz. You see a couple articles from the local guys, Damo and, and those guys are always good and always have their stuff together, but it just, maybe, you know, I never thought I would say I miss preseason football. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I, I don't miss the games, but uh, I mean, it, it's activity. There's a lot of stuff going on yeah. and there's just not much going on. It's not, no, it's I not miss fun. preseason. I miss, I wanted to see at least two preseason games anyway. So we don't have that this year, but we will have regular season football. It might be sloppy, but we're going to have it starting next week. It wrap is going to be sloppy. Wrap you can up. be sure of that. Oh, yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Freddie Burns. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, Edge of Philly Sports Network, Chris Furman on the controls tonight with a great job. So for Jim Chesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, September the 9th at 7 p.m. You can listen to us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts and others. Hi, hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. And one more time, let's go Flyers. 